used to want it and get these soap with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, asked the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. I was actually considering being a minister, and then I just kind of went a different way. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Hey, senor. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound, and today, on Little Friday... We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Americans held by totalitarian regimes. <laughs> okay. We celebrate the return of the North Korean captives while we remain aware of the people held in Iran. There you go. So, um... Never forget! What's this music, Michael, as we continue? Uh, this was from a listener, a listener submission. But... I kind of like this, actually. I still miss our old theme, but that might just been out of, might be out of comfort. I don't know. This is too percussive. It's making me nervous. Too percussive? <laughs> it's making him nervous. Okay, the, the problem with all these songs, though, is they don't build up and have an end. That's why I like about other songs. Cut it off! Cut it off! Cut it off! Make it stop! Uh-oh. You know, I had a terrible thing. I've had a terrible thing happen to me today. Um, I got a hole in my sock. And oh, I'll tell you, boy. nothing makes you feel less like your life's on the right track than having a hole in your sock. A man with a hole in a sock is a man on the way down. You get up in the morning, maybe you get into a fine automobile. It makes you feel like, you know, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, my life's going pretty good. Or you get out of a house you really like, or, you know, you just look in the mirror and you think, you know, things are going my way. You put on a sock with, and realize there's a big hole in it. And you just think, what? Why you do might I even, as well be living rough. Why do I even work? You might as well be under a tarp down by the river. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Why do I even try? I'm a guy walking around with holes in his socks. What did, you, did it just develop, or did you put a holy sock back in the laundry? Uh, I, or what? I don't know. I must oh have. Oh, my God. When does, a hole, when does a hole appear in a sock? <laughs> While you're wearing it? There's got to be a moment when it first appears. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe in the dryer? I don't know. This is why I always carry four or five fresh pairs of socks in my glove compartment <laughs> in my car. In your briefcase. Exactly. Well, two in my briefcase. <laughs> Let's and inter- another several in my desk at work. <laughs> Let's introduce everybody on the squad. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michelangelo? Uh, pretty good. Is there a rodent in your sock drawer, Jack? Because you're always yeah. saying how you have rodents in your house. That could be a possibility. The, the uh, hamster, whose name is uh, Chinchilla, uh, got out yesterday. What's somehow. your Chinchilla's name? <laughs> Horse. <laughs> um, uh, the hamster got out yesterday, and uh, this was after I left for work, because I had noticed he was completely out of water. The boy who's in charge of the hamster not doing a good job of making sure it had water. And I was uh, somewhat concerned it might be dead, which would be unfortunate if we had killed our, our hamster. But anyway, apparently after I left, it got out of its cage somehow and uh, and walked down the hall and was in the, the youngest bedroom. And he turned around and looked, ah, there's a hamster standing there. It was standing on its back feet like, hey, everybody, what's up? <laughs> he was asking him for water. He's like, hey, could you turn the faucet on? Well, that's after I'd gotten him water. Oh, right. I got him water. But. Hamster should have been saying, hey, do y'all have a cat? 
I heard yeah. you have a cat. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's uh, I've, I've I've heard those stories. I've witnessed that story actually. My sister's guinea pig. We were babysitting a cat. Cat sitting. A cat. When she, we were, God, I can't even remember. 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that. And and uh, the cat found a guinea pig. Oh, yeah. See, that was my concern. If our little pug had found uh, come across a hamster, we might have. That might have been a gruesome scene. Of course, a hamster might win that battle. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) End up with a pug carcass and a fat hamster. Well, the pug could be out of breath pretty quick because they can't breathe. Right. Uh, There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Is is the hole in a... In a place such that a your big toe is sticking out like you're a Looney Tunes hobo. Oh, the worst. Decent, d- decent question. You oh, know what I'm? You know why I'm bothered the most? It's not in a part of the sock that causes me any discomforts whatsoever, but it's in a part of the sock that if my pant leg comes up a little bit, everybody would see it. The wow. shame. Oh, the shame. Yes. Yes. I would yes. rather be in discomfort than have somebody see me wearing holy socks. Oh, oh. moth-eating Jack's coming, everybody. <laughs> hey, moth, how are you doing? Wow, I thought Jack was doing better than that. That's is, sad. Is he okay? Maybe we should start a GoFundMe. <laughs> Did you see his socks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, hear he, I hear he fashions himself newspaper underpants every morning. <laughs> But your your footwear was not the the origin of my my opening thought. I I have a confession to make. I have fallen victim to not victim. I am I am I am not doing a good enough job of not hitting the snooze button in the morning. I am well aware of when you hit the one. snooze button, you just make yourself more tired. It's better when you hit. You gotta you gotta jump out of bed, land both feet on the floor at the same time, and get the day running. That's Bull a crap. That's mm. a good idea. But I haven't been doing that about the last month or so, and I and I feel it. I get here and I'm just a little bit more sluggish. It's just not things aren't firing on all cylinders. So I'm making I'm I'm saying it out loud so I can you know help make myself do it as well. That I am going to hit the snooze button no more starting tomorrow. This is a good conversation for the early risers that are listening. There is no doubt that being sound asleep that extra 10 minutes would be better for me than to kind of lay there for 10 more minutes. Wouldn't that have to be true? Oh, so just set your alarm for that later time. And get that deep extra 10 minutes of sleep. That's got to be better for me. Slip There's by. got to be a reason people do what I do, though. You know, I, you're you're absolutely right. But why? Not everybody is. Uh, do so many people do that? Yeah, a lot of people it's a do negotiation. My, so, shut up, Sean. My dad. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're sanctimonious. My All dad. of a sudden, you're some sort of lecturer on self discipline. My dad has always been a. You're up. Alarm goes off, you get up. Yeah, good man. Good <laughs> man. I wish I could do that. How'd the acorn fall, huh? But mostly, I wish I could do that so I'd get that extra 10 or whatever minutes of sleep. But your dad's socks are intact as well. <laughs> yeah, he probably wouldn't go to work with holy socks, visibly holy socks. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Just very curious, very quickly. Do you ever use those garters I gave you some years ago? You know, I have not put on the garters. I should for my kids. They would find that hilarious. Well, oh, yes. Oh, it might, would remind uh, them of like uh, some cartoon I'm sure they've seen. It might uh, prevent the wear and tear you're experiencing <laughs> in your socks these days. <laughs> garters are known for that, yes. amongst other things. Meanwhile, today we've got a major, major celebrity birthday. The lead singer for possibly the second best live band in the world U2's lead singer and activist Bono, 58 years old today. Bono's almost 60 and nearly yep. died in a bicycle wreck in Central Park <laughs> yes. a couple yes. of years ago. I was explaining to my boy, the uh, rock and roll musician, about uh, uh, how U2 used to not be obnoxious and how they were, you know, plucky working class kids from yep. Ireland, you know, punk, and then the, 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 the Joshua Tree and the... And how great it all was. And then they just turned into what they are now. (laughs) 
What, who's the greatest live band in the world? Rolling Stones. Okay. Rolling Stones. Yeah. I've seen the Rolling yeah. Stones the most, and you yeah. two uh, second most. You mean of all time? You oh. could make that argument. I don't know about now. I don't know. I wouldn't. No, just the, just the live okay. acts that okay. I have seen. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Net worth for Bono, at least $700 million. Whoa. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes, indeed. You can wear sunglasses indoors if you've got that much money. Yep. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, May 10th of the year 2018, setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin now officially, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. I got to speak to Mother Play. These are great people. They've been through a lot, but it's, uh, it's a great honor. That's the president. Greeting the three prisoners yep. that were held in North Korea uh, in Washington, D.C. at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yep. No bad. No bad. Of course, the president's probably usually up at 2 a.m. anyway. It's not right. that. And he made Melania and Mike Pence come <laughs> yes. along. Pompeo as well. They're thinking, eh, but we all meet for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any tweets from Trump yet. He uh, may still be abed he after said a, this. He said a number of interesting yep. things there on the tarmac. We'll bring your way. What are other headlines, Michael? Yeah. Early morning homecoming, as you said, for the three Americans freed by North Korea. Tensions are soaring as Israel attacks Iranian positions in Syria. And on a much lighter note, this season's hottest wedding trend in gifts for guests. Good to know. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Good to know if you're going to a wedding. How does mailbag look? Oh, very good. We have reverence and irreverence. Reverence and irreverence. Yes. I've got more on how stupid cultural appropriation as a thing is. Yes, please. Which is really good. Yes, please. I hope you can stick around to the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I must say, I was completely unaware of the existence of the band U2 until Joshua Tree came out. I'd never heard of them in my life. And uh, so I'm all post Joshua Tree U2. Allow me to step in and firmly establish my way cooler U2 credentials than yours, because that's what you'd do if you knew a band before somebody else. <laughs> right. You'd like totally lord it over the other person. I can't be angered about music, so <laughs> anybody can say anything about any music. I just, I, I'll never understand that as a point of argument. People don't argue about other people's tastes in food. Or... I do. <laughs> you like French fries? Oh my god! You know nobody does that, but you do that with bands all the time. I don't know why. I don't even know if I can hang out with somebody who eats French fries. But you might say that about a certain musical act. How about I'm going to try it. I'm going to go obscure on you folks, but I'm going to go right at Jack and see if I see what I can get done. Towns Van Zant can't write songs and he's too cheerful. To me that is the same as if you said you don't like cheeseburgers. And right. I think, "Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I like cheeseburgers." Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, more <laughs> cheeseburgers for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do I care? So, uh Michael, if you would get the uh U2 uh Chestnut, I will follow which was a song my band was covering in uh, 
God, when I was in high school at some point. Uh, maybe we could play our way out with that. Thank you. Mailbag. But you certainly can't go through with any of your. You can't go wrong with any of your Joshua Tree stuff in terms of popularity. Oh, one of the great mm-hmm. albums ever. I love it. Oh, <clears throat> I listened. I don't know why I was listening to it the other day. Something happened. Anniversary of it? Yeah, it was the anniversary of it. Fairly recently. There are deep tracks on that album that never get played that are better than most songs on giant smash hit albums, in my opinion. If you have a different opinion, be sure not to tell me. Don't email. I don't care. I won't read it. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is how you email us. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Joseph Sobran said this. The chances of your being harmed by terrorists are mathematically minute. The chance of your being robbed by your own government, that's easy, 100%. Yeah, well, we, we've talked about that a lot. Yes, indeed. That, it's, pe- people have irrational reactions to things. Yes, they do. I was thinking about the price of gas on the way, and it was in a news story and how it's up. And, you know, the amount that it's gone up in the last month, I was just doing a little math in my head, trying to guess what the average number of gallons it wouldn't add up to one Starbucks drink per week. But there are people lined up at Starbucks all over the place, right. spending six bucks for a coffee drink you don't need at all. But people will go berserko over spending that same extra $6 a week on gas. You worry about school shootings. You don't worry about car wrecks, even though car wrecks way more likely. I mean, it's just, just the way we're built. So, Sean, I have an assignment for you. Excellent. You are going to summarize the game Fortnite. Okay. In ten words or less. I actually want to know about this because it's so huge. Ten words or less. Well, that's not Get many to words. work. I'll check back with you. That's not very fair. That's plenty. Can you give them more that words than that? What? No! No! Because I actually want to no. know what it is. Ten words or less. How about a time limit? I can talk really fast. <laughs> ten words or less. Wow. Prepare a bonus five words for Jack. If the ten words are acceptable, it also I will be the sole judge and arbiter of that. It also includes flying dragons. That'd be five words. <laughs> um, uh, why do men wear beards these days? Uh, Daniel says, I believe the common beard has made a comeback because it is one of the last vestiges of masculinity. A way to assert your manly self and not be offensive. Yet, soon the beard will be considered toxic, toxic masculinity by the feminazis. There will be books written centuries from now maybe about what happened to the view of being a male yeah during a certain part of uh, western civilization a brief bizarre and regrettable period um they cut my beard and forced me to eat it. oh a dystopian view of the future all right i'm at seven words right now how liberally can i use hyphenated words (laughs) (laughs) you know points for creativity uh let's see a lot of notes about the homeless situation and our discussions thereof of course Okay, dudes, let's get read, uh, real. Feed the homeless. I can solve this crisis by changing a single word in that slogan. Eat the homeless. Problem solved in about a month, maybe 45 days. That's Roger in Liberty Lake, Washington. You're not helping. Um, you know, if, if I hadn't already asked for you too, I would ask for uh, Aerosmith's Eat the Rich at the end of this segment. Eat the homeless, please. They don't look yummy to me, for one thing. <clears throat> Oh, the WAPO reporter's analysis of homelessness sounded like he was regurgitating what homeless advocates and leftist politicians say. Well, there's some of that, but I thought it was pretty balanced. I had a good friend who died of a drug overdose. He was enabled by the city of San Francisco to continue his drug habit. The city paid his rent to get him off the street, and it just enabled him to continue to use drugs without any consequences. As Joe has pointed out many times, the first goal of bureaucracies is to maintain and expand the bureaucracy. 
The bureaucracies and charities that profess to want to help homelessness homelessness have a vested interest in the problem continuing. I find that a very dark and cynical view of this issue, but I know the poverty pimps in my hometown of Chicago were absolutely getting rich off of government dollars and grants while pretending to help the downtrodden, particularly black folk. And it gets to my um, my current stance that there's no point in talking about the homeless until we know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, if How it's much, three it, or more distinctly different groups of people. Or if it's the vast majority are one group. Well, let's talk about that. How many of them are drug addicts? I don't know. Is that a lot of them? I, I, I don't and know. And how many are drug addicts desperate to quit as opposed to drug addicts who want to lay around and get high? I'm telling you, did we post that video of the guy making his way through the uh, Bay Area subway tunnel with junkies right and left and pools of urine? I mean, it was astounding. I thought it was, a, I thought it was fictional at first. My anecdotal evidence would be the number of people that are alcoholics or drug addicts that want to quit is fairly low. Fair enough. And then, so what do you do? Let's see. What now? How about this? Uh, AI will turn us... And in... one more note on that. Oh, yes, you know what please. causes most people to quit? Some consequences. R- yes. That's, that's right. the main thing. Yeah. Well, and actually, you know, that's funny. To that note, Ed's a note about his, his, his friend who died. I would have let my friend live with me until he found a job, a place of his own, but I would not allow him to continue to take drugs. The city's homeless bureaucracies put no such restrictions on him. I think of my friend almost every day. The irony is that people who advocate taking a hard line or tough love approach to the homeless are looked upon as heartless when just the opposite is true. Hmm. That's a tough one. That's powerful stuff, Ed. Uh, This is powerful, too. AI will turn us into paperclips. This is from Brandon, aerospace engineer turned software developer. Uh, wow, there's a couple of fields I couldn't get into. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He refers to himself as a tech nerd. I'd refer to him as a crazy smart guy. But anyway, he writes some. Um, here's how it works. Here's how AI will destroy us. Most likely some mid-level freelance programmer will hastily, but not maliciously, create an AI program to increase the efficiency of a hot new solar-powered paperclip manufacturing startup. In their haste, the programmer does not add in any limits or safeguards. The programmer will get paid, then drop off the face of the earth. Paperclip startup will falter, and the VC investors will lay off all employees, but forget to send somebody over to unplug the machine. The AI continues to increase its efficiency at turning matter into paperclips and develops its own optimized techniques that surpass that of human comprehension. Any attempt to forcibly turn off the AI will be met with the atoms of anything that gets near it being turned into paperclips. Eventually, all of our atoms are turned into paperclips, and humanity ceases to exist. All matter in this region of space slowly turns into paperclips. The end. That was from a uh, a discussion thread on the internet. Really? Yes. Interesting. So that's how it ends. Mm. I've got my ten words with the five-word post. Can't wait. All right. Perhaps uh, before Marshall's news, uh, we will explain why I have asked you to do that and have you explain Fortnite. Okay. Which is the hottest uh, computer game going out there. On Earth. Yeah. Uh, Marshall's news is next, and we will get into the news of the day. Some of the things Trump said when the hostages from North Korea arrived in Washington, D.C. last night, getting a lot of attention, as everything Trump does and says. That's just the way it works. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. not 
played a video game since Tron in 1983. Mm, It's changed quite a bit. I'm not really up on the video games, but I keep coming across this Fortnite thing and what a uh, worldwide phenomenon it is and that sort of stuff. I kind of like to know what it is, although Joe has put limitations on on Sean explaining it. Yes. We're going to get a 10-word explanation (laughs) and and a hilarious note from a mom about why it's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, cool. Awesome. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, they're back. The three U.S. citizens held by North Korea back on American soil. They landed overnight at Andrews Air Force Base, where President Trump was there to greet the men and offered his thanks to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un for their release. I really think he wants to do something. I think he did this because I really think he wants to do something and bring that country into the real world. I really believe that. Now, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo secured the release of the former prisoners during his visit to the North this week. He was there to iron out the details of a planned summit between Kim and President Trump, a summit Trump is really looking forward to. I think this will be a very big success. It's never been taken this far. There's never been a relationship like this, and we're starting from here. But uh, I really think a lot of progress has been made, and we'll see what happens. And at that 2 a.m. welcoming, President Trump had to add. So I want to thank you all. It's very early in the morning. Uh, I think you probably broke the all-time in history television rating for 3 o'clock in the morning, I would say. (laughs) Some people are black. No bell! No bell! Some people are blasting Trump for talking about ratings and whatever. So here are a couple of interesting facets of this. One, we have been damn near this close a couple of different times where his uh, dad or grandpa released prisoners and talked about denuclearization and and nothing ever came of it. And our leaders spoke of optimism, right? skepticism. Doesn't mean it can't work out this time and doesn't sure. mean you shouldn't have gone through with everything we've gone through with, but we have gone nearly this far before. And also, um, Barack Obama did not make it a precondition of the Iranian deal that they released... U.S. prisoners that they've been holding. Yeah, it's because that was about his legacy, not about those poor people. And, and he's and, not going to let them stand in the way of his goals. The great leader, the sage. And it would seem there is no way the Trump-Kim meeting was going to go forward unless they released the prisoners. Barack Obama did not put those limitations on Iran, which a lot of people have blasted him for, including NPR today, which surprised me. Hmm. They had the father... A uh, family member of some sort of one of the uh, U.S. captives in Iran on talking about that and how disappointing it was that we made this great big giant deal with Iran and part right. of it was not, hey, get these U.S. Well, right. Hey, you got a couple of our guys on silly trumped up charges. We both know they're not a threat. Turn them loose. Let's just start there. Yeah. You do that. Okay. No, and then, But we didn't we didn't force that to happen. And NPR uh, going a little farther with the whole Barack Obama didn't run it through Congress, didn't get a treaty. Clearly. You know, that that's starting to get a little more attention as people were talking about Trump blowing up the Iranian deal and how it looks for America. Well, America did not make a deal with Iran. Barack Obama made a deal with Iran. Uh, America wouldn't have made a deal with Iran. You couldn't get it through Congress. The American people, there weren't enough American people with enough congressmen and senators who wanted it to happen to get it to happen. So what does that mean? I don't know. It means you probably ought to make these treaties if you're going to 
make world uh, uh, international policy. Well, if I was going to be charitable to Barack Obama, I'd say he gambled that making the deal would alter Iranian behavior in the region. They would come around. Everybody would say, you know, things are thawing. Things are starting to look cooler. That was a good move by Obama. Let's hang with it. Mm. But that's the opposite of what's happened. They've gotten more and more aggressive. So it was a gamble. He lost. On another front, the White House is condemning Iran's provocative rocket attacks from Syria against Israeli citizens and expressed strong support for Israel's right to act in self-defense. And Israel has struck back with a vengeance, launching attacks on dozens of Iranian targets in Syria, including weapons, storage, logistics sites, and intel centers, in response to those rockets being launched at the Israeli positions in the Golan Heights. It was like my phone was under Israeli attack. It was blowing up this morning. I was very, very interested in this. Not excited, that's the wrong word, because I think it could end up in a giant regional conflagration. But... And I flip on uh, your various news sources, CNN and MSNBC. They're going big on Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels. I just couldn't believe it. The arcania yeah. of, of Michael Cohen's finances. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, well, um, you might not think it's that big a deal. There's pe- always people blasting each other in the Middle East. But as Tom Friedman right. pointed out in the New York Times, in the decades-old battle between Iran and Israel... This in the last couple of weeks is the first time they've ever actually gone head to head ever. Yep, it's always been proxy groups and this and that. This is the first time Israel's actually killed Iranians and and Iran trying to do the same with the Israelis. So and they blew up all sorts of stuff yep. overnight. Yep. And how will how will Iran react to that? React to that? We don't know. All right, let's uh, switch gears. We have got uh, this time around the latest trend in wedding favors for guests. Yes. Yes, if, you, if you're going to drag me to your wedding, I'd like something for it. Well, more <laughs> more and more couples are opting to have tattoo artists at their weddings who yes. will give tattoos as wedding yes, favors. Yes, a face oh. tat. Now we can all regret this day for the rest of our lives. <laughs> tattoo artists. What you said. Tattoo artists create four to six small designs that the guests can choose from at the wedding. Legs, arms, shoulders are okay for the wedding tats, but more risque body parts are generally, can generally you get, can off you, limits. Like Joe wants, can you get the face tat at the, at the wedding? No, it's uh, not not a risque body part, I would so just, I imagine you could. I would just pull off my shirt, <laughs> say, all right, I want this covering my whole back. Long-time <laughs> listeners know my desired tattoo. I haven't talked about it in years. I want a giant skull with a knife in the teeth with a snake coming out of the eye hole. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Did you see the tattoo that I uh, tweeted over the weekend? I don't think so. I don't remember. It was one of those classic... It was like, I, I don't remember what it was. It wasn't, no regrets. Yeah, it was like that. No regrets, but spelled wrong. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> those were so hilarious. There are websites full of those yeah. that you will, after a while, you say, I got to stop. I must stop. I must get back to real life. Ill-advised tattoo after tattoo after tattoo from no regrets to... Uh, to uh, uh, like portraits of babies that look demonic and on and on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, they're saying the couples and guests who generally oh. wouldn't look to get some ink are more inclined to get tattooed at a wedding when they're among family and friends and fueled by the grape. The mm. one I tweeted out was a guy on the inside of his arm, regret nothing except the T's missing, so it says regret knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. That is, that is your news. I'm, 
<laughs> That's, why is that so funny? Oh, it's just uh, great. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Jack, it's funny because life is a zero-sum game, and his unhappiness is my happiness. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yes. I didn't get that out of the Bible when I read it. So, great Mother's Day gift suggestion, and a brief discussion of the game Fortnite, which is sweeping the land. For what ages, roughly? Uh, I would say probably junior high up. Okay. Like high school to junior high up. It's a, it's a shooting game, so there's there's some kind of cartoonish right. violence. Super hot video game that's sweeping the world. Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, on Bono's birthday, I am tempted to just listen to this whole song because it's a pretty awesome, pretty awesome vocal performance, especially toward the end. I'd say spectacular. Anywho, um, so coming up, we're going to talk about cultural appropriation, which is the dumbest concept for people to be worried about that I can remember in my lifetime. It is an astounding athletic feat in stretching to be offended. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Also, what was the also? Do I have an also? I don't know if I have an also. Also Uh, ran. I have. I don't I don't know nothing about video games. It's it's not my world. Not my thing. I tried to play one. I don't know. A couple of times in the last 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) And each time I got a little confused. So I quit. And uh, that was about good good practice. Been my own. I'm sure my boys will get into it at some point. Sure. But uh, I have come across this Fortnite thing in references to it, jokes about it, um, and thought, well, this this, this is hot. Uh, We just got this text. You're talking about maybe uh, junior high and up. That might be what's appropriate. I don't have any idea. We got people here that are... much younger kids are super into Fortnite and playing it. I, I, I don't have kids. I will absolutely defer to parents on well, this. will come questions. out of your 10 words, well, Sean. Well, and just <laughs> it, just because somebody's eight-year-old's playing, it doesn't mean they should be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Although we'll get into that a little more. So I have asked, in an effort to stem the world with the word salad that could be forthcoming, Sean, to describe Fortnite in 10 words. If the 10 words please us, he has a lot of five-word bonus. It's a little tough. I'm not sure I could describe Pong in 10 words, and that was a pretty simple game. <laughs> All right. Oh, that doesn't count. Starting right after this word. (laughs) Folks, do you understand now? (laughs) 100 players dropped into a shrieking arena. Fight to be the last. That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. That that is very good and well done. That is pretty good. Uh, Anything else? It's like the Hunger Games. That's really good. Yeah. Well done, Sean. So we got this note, um, and then we can talk about it more. But Amy in Roseville, California. And you can right? build stuff, and then there's stuff. Oh, <laughs> Fortnite is everything in my house right now. My six-year-old gaming-obsessed son plays it. There you go. My 10-year-old daughter, who previously had zero interest in video games, plays it. My 41-year-old husband plays it as well. They literally yes. fight over whose turn it is to play this game. What is Fortnite? I have zero interest in finding out, but... 
Since this magical game has come into my life, I can slip in and out of the house unnoticed. <laughs> my kids aren't yelling out, Mommy, as I'm peeing or sitting two feet away oh, from them. God. It's literally as if I'm not even there. I can go to the grocery store by myself. I can clean rooms and they actually stay clean. So, moms, do yourself a favor this Mother's Day. Turn on Fortnite for your family and sneak away from the people people you love most. <laughs> Oh, that's that beautiful. great. That's Amy. God, every... Who says, I started listening to you guys 18 years ago. I'm not old. You're old. <laughs> God, I say to my kids, look... I'm Love gonna, your show. Love you. I'm going to be... I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to be gone from like for five to ten minutes. Right. So don't yell for me unless you are you catch on fire or something. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> right? Right? We agreed. Is everything cool? Right. Okay. <laughs> I get in there. I don't even have my pants unbuckled. Dad! Dad! <laughs> Are you in the house? <laughs> we just went over this. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of interested in this. If I could get my kid into Fortnite, I, I would enjoy some of the benefits that that uh, mom was just talking about. How's the uh, learning curve on it, Sean, as these games go? Uh, very easy. It's, it's okay. a very low learning curve. You can Good. go in. You can start. Ha- it's one of the it's minute to learn, lifetime to master sort of thing, which all great games are. So it's not super physical dexterity because that's what's turned me off. As a beginner to a lot of games, hey, try this, and you got to like manipulate all these different buttons, and I can't, and I just yeah, think you gotta I don't quickly memorize the functions of five different buttons. I'm sure I could learn, but I don't want to, so then I just stop. It's uh, it's it's quite dexterous um, okay. for somebody whose familiarity with the video games is like Pong and Tron. Yeah, it'd probably be yeah, a look. slightly stiffer barrier to entry. Um, My six year old would pick it up and like give it seconds. a hack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, too many words already. Uh, we also got this note from speaking of uh, Mother's Day. From Wendy, uh, who lives in Atlanta. Um, oh, she signs off KTCSCM. Keep the coffee studies coming, Marshall. <laughs> Beautiful. Very good. But she wrote a, uh, a piece for the WAPO. Good for that her. That was published. Wow. Mothers don't cool. need more mugs and wine glasses. Here's what they really want for Mother's Day. Which and, I and, think is beautiful. And what does she suggest? Uh, as yeah, I, I didn't bother reading. As I need to get something for my <laughs> wife, who is a mother. The best gifts, of course, aren't things, and the perfect gift for a mom depend on which state of, stage of parenthood she currently inhabits. Here's a guide to help you get started. Do we I have like a minute this. for I this? I like this. I do, too. And, and you know, as she is a, a fag, I think we ought to, you know, pump up the article. That's a friend of Armstrong and Getty. Correct. Stage one mom is so exhausted. Oh, stage one, sleep-deprived and overwhelmed. Stage one mom is so exhausted that inpatient surgery sounds like a tempting vacation. Her offspring rarely sleep, and her rare breaks when a partner, relative, or friend takes the kids to the park are euphemisms for more housework. Throw in a load, empty the dishwasher, start a frozen pizza while downing a glass of wine, because she tells herself, hey, it's 3.30 somewhere. (laughs) True that. Boy, I've had that experience where, like, uh, she takes the kids to the grocery store. Okay, I get a break so I can do dishes and laundry. (laughs) Here's what a stage mom really wants. A day to herself, meaning nobody home. Stash delicious food in the fridge for her. Suggest she watch favorite shows or read a good book or take a bath mm. can't clean the tub not pans because that's what i got my wife for christmas during that very <laughs> stage and she did not react well to it oh boy clean the tub and set out a gorgeous lotion next to clean towels that you washed and dried suggest that she take a nap on sheets that you also cleaned wow that's good stuff where were you when i needed you oh that's blah, blah, blah. pretty good uh yeah i'm afraid we don't have time to read the whole thing but stage two underappreciated and still sleep deprived uh, stage two mom doesn't see her tweens or teens enough. At least she doesn't see them when they're being nice to her. She's at the office or asleep. Blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, the kids are usually in school. Stage two moms know the kids still live at home because they emerge to tell her how old, lame, unfair she's being at least once or twice a week. Yeah. 
Stage two mom would love a gift that focuses on spending a yesteryear-like day with her family. No squabbling, no video games, no grunting noises that pass for conversation. Go out for a beautiful brunch with everyone showered, nicely dressed and smiling, or take a long hike at her favorite spot. Um, her daughter would keep up and point out her favorite wildflower and smile, or dig into takeout, tie at home while watching an old family favorite movie together, blah, blah, blah. That's a very nice. Mm. Stage two moms also appreciate a fully washed car. That's a good one. Stage three, well-rested but pining for the days of yore. Uh, Which is an interesting thing with parenthood, isn't it? Oh, it is. The it grueling, is. grueling, grueling. If you could just have five-minute break, you'd be so appreciative. And then you, you look back on it and wish you could do it again. Uh, so what to get this mom? She'd love a card detailing what's new with you, the good not so hot. It tickles her to know that her little ducks are flying and crashing and getting up again and gliding over the water, et cetera, et cetera. So get in touch, you know? Share, share it with your mom because she cares about you still. You ingrateful, unappreciative little snots. I'm talking about you older snots now. There you go. Sometimes you got to give them the back of your hand, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. It's another listener shaming Thursday. Yeah, I'll keep that uh, first suggestion in mind because I'm closer to that stage. But uh... Now, a non-moron would remember to post this at the website so people could read the whole thing. Dads, if you don't read this, you're an idiot. It's at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and thank you very much uh, for sending it in, Wendy. Nice job. Remember the story last week about the girl who wore the Asian outfit and got in trouble at the school, cultural appropriation? Why that whole idea is so stupid coming up. Oh, and it is on the Armstrong and Getty Show.